you can have a Tom Brady, a quarterback, and you can coach the heck out of an individual. But if the body rejects the organ and the team is not accepting of that individual, then nothing great is going to get accomplished. Going back to our original theme is no one individual can accomplish anything really great, both on the field, in the workplace, out there in the world. It all requires a team. This is Pete Moore. We're here on Halo Talks NYC at the Halo Academy. We're here with Matt Spielman again, heads up the Academy's talent and performance, and he's going to explain the definition and then the benefits of team effectiveness. Thank you, Matt. You're welcome, Pete. So we hear a lot about teamwork, team effectiveness, and these are terms that are are thrown around quite a bit. And I, I think, A, it there's not really a great understanding of what team effectiveness is. B, what are the conditions that drive team effectiveness and what some may be more important than others? And C, are there ways of measuring team effectiveness? Walk us through it. So in my practice of working with a number of organizations as well as having teams of my own, and being a student of the, trying to be a student of the game and reading whatever I can, there's been a lot of research in this area. And team effectiveness can be defined fairly simply as really in in three parts, which is the output of the team, the task output, meets or exceeds the needs of the team's clients. So basically, you know, it could be external clients or internal clients. And there, there's, a, there's a team, and they have to do a certain type of work, and that output either meets or exceeds what the internal or external clients requires. So it could be revenue, that could be performance of a project, nailing a marketing, branding. It could be launching a new division. It could be what does the menu look like at our restaurant. Gotcha. Um, okay. it, it could mean whatever that output is. Number okay. two. The team becomes an increasingly capable performing unit over time. So it gets better and better and better. I I sort of, I'm not a Patriots fan and I don't want to cause any consternation among anybody in the audience, but seemingly the New England Patriots organization would be sort of the definition of an effective team. They just keep getting better and better and better over time. And the output seems to meet or exceed the expectations of both the internal organization as well as the clients, the fans. Yeah, and that's that's a system where yeah, they, they, system. they're plugging They've people created into a system. A system. Yeah, you know, but, based but, on the job description that they need for that. But I was just going to say that system, which you're is really intriguing. Absolutely, and and which a really good organization is sort of run like a Bill Belichick New England Patriot system. And again, just for the audience, I'm not a Patriots fan, but neither am I. It, one can admire from afar. And number three, the members' personal learning and growth are fostered by their experiences in the team. So there has to be continued development and growth from each of the members on the team if they're going to continue to meet or exceed the expectations of the clients, whether they're internal or or external. So that's how I define team effectiveness because it's one of these things that's kind of amorphous and used all the time. There is one particular a series of researchers who spent 15 years and going into about 4,000 companies 
and they defined six criteria or conditions as they call them for what team of what drives team effectiveness and those three definitions that, that we just or the three elements of that definition that we just spoke about and they sort of break it on, into two buckets there are the the essentials and there are the enablers the essentials there are three essentials which we'll go through in just a moment and then there are the enablers which kind of accelerate the performance of those essentials so let's take the essentials has to be a real team a real team is, is bounded, stable, and interdependent. Let me ask you, Pete, in, in your experience, have you been around a CEO who, let's say there's an executive leadership team, and they, yep. sit, and they sit around a table, and Pete, you know, why don't you tell me what's going on in, in your area? Okay, you do the readout. Yep. John, why don't you tell me what's going on in your area? And you do the readout. Jane, why you, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's basically a readout, and there have been many instances that I have seen where it's been a team in name only. There's not an interdependency. You don't necessarily need to interact, or you're not interacting with Jane in order for you to accomplish your work. Whereas, if we go back to our Patriots, Tom Brady's throwing a pass to Amandola. He also needs the front line in order to block him for three and a half seconds before he throws the pass. There's an interdependence. It is a real team. Let's talk about our our three weekends ago at the uh, at the FDNY yeah, great example. Academy and, and kind of because most people I'm sure most people haven't done this uh, firefighting training academy and I, it was very humbling experience. I've got a lot more respect for firefighters and also the the understanding that there's nothing that you could do on your own Absolutely. that is going to put out a fire or save someone without other people that are that are assisting and enabling your ability to, to perform so maybe talk about that for a well, minute it's, side. you know we, we we did it was a very eye-opening experience for us and there was you know why that was so instructive is yes it was a team understanding and team building exercise but it leaped off the page or leapt off the page because we were if we failed there were lives that were lost of people we were trying to, you know, in, in, in the, in the simulation, in the simulation, yeah. of course, we weren't saving lives. And also we, we put the lives of our fellow teammates at risk as well. So that's another thing that I would add. You hit on probably the most important takeaway of the day, which was, you know, let's say on the hose and we, there were three people on the hose and we were advancing towards putting out a real fire. There's the leader who's sort of aiming the hose. There's the person in position only who's feeding what the leader needs in terms of slack and giving more hose or less hose and helping. And then there's the, the third person on the line who's really pulling the hose from the truck and getting as much or as little you know, added as is needed to get the job done. One might say, just from observing that, the person in front you know, who's putting out the fire is the most important. You and I both saw that every single person, it was a 33 and a third, 33 and a third, and 33 and a third, terms of importance of putting out that fire. Sure. One cannot do anything alone. And in fact, that's when you get in trouble. So this going back to this, this real team, which is number one criteria for team effectiveness, is it needs to be a bounded, stable, and interdependent team. You are better off from work by working and with working with other other folks on the team. The second is you need to have the right people. I mean it's it's kind of obvious you need to have right people on the bus. 
the members have both task and teamwork skills and adequate diversity. Diversity speaking to a good mix of perspectives and capabilities needed for the work. All right. So very, uh, I, I, we keep going, l let's go back to the football team sure. where it is very, very let's specific. Pick a different one maybe. Uh, we should probably, probably pick a different one. This year. But, but it is important to have uh, different perspectives, different skill sets. Um, you can't have everybody who's going to throw the ball. You need to have people who are going to catch ball. You need to have people who are going to block. You need to have, so it, it's the same thing on a team. And these are the essentials. So that, that's the second essential. So we have real team and we have the right people. And again, this is in, there's much more detail about this in the document section than the Halo Academy portal. And the third is a compelling purpose. When the ends are specified, so what is great looks like is specified. They are clear, they're challenging, and they're consequential. And the most effective teams have a leader where he or she clearly specifies the ends and what the team is working towards, but not the means that the team is going to use. Really good teams, if they know what they're working towards, will kind of figure it out and they'll kind of do things on their own. And the best leaders from what the research has borne out will state, okay, this is what great looks like for the team. We are going to launch a new division or we're going to open up a new club or we're going to create a new menu. You know, what? how you get there, I'm not going to micromanage that. Mm -hmm. I believe in a team. We have the real, we have, it is a real team and we have the right people on the team. So I feel like you can ultimately get there. And for me, <clears throat> you know, this is one of the key areas where, you know, of the essential conditions for a team of the three, this is the most essential, which is the team needs to know what it is that they're working towards and why they are together and what success looks like. In terms of the enablers, uh, there are three enablers. And the first one is, the team needs to have a sound structure. And what I, what I mean by that is generally needs to be small, shouldn't be 70 or 80. You know, generally what the research has, has shown is single digits has shown to be the best and it needs to provide meaningful team tasks and it, there needs to be specific uh, and maintain clear norms of conduct. How are we going to work? How are we going to interact? Are we going to meet once a week? We're going to do it virtually. Are we going to do it in person? How are we going to do those meetings? Are we going to send the meetings ahead of time? Are we going to give everybody an opportunity to talk? So sort of those norms and that having that sound structure, not too many people, how are we going to work, the ways of working. The second enabler is a supportive organizational context. So it's, it, we could have the right, the real team, it could be the right people, we could have a compelling purpose, we could have a sound structure, but if the organization kind of squashes us, mm -hmm. then we're not going to be able to kind of move around as freely as, as we need to. So the leader will generally look out and exercise influence upwards and outwards to remove any roadblocks or open up opportunities, and most importantly, provide the resources that the team needs in order to succeed. And then no, go, go ahead. No, and then just rounding out the third enabling condition that accelerates team effectiveness and supporting the, the essentials that we spoke about earlier is having available expert coaching. Now, this is someone on the inside or outside the team that intervenes when necessary in the team process in ways that promote the best use of the collective resources in completing the work. 
And, you know, many organizations bring in outside coaches, you know, executive coaches and professional development. Sometimes there's a member on the team or a leader will solicit somebody to kind of help out because invariably there's a, there's going to be a hurdle or a roadblock or something along those lines that happen and to kind of work through issues. So one point, this kind of goes into another part of the academy, which is our, our win-loss calendar of, um, you know, tracking your progress on a daily basis, whether it's your personal win-loss or, or your team or your company's win-loss. You know, I feel like in business, people think they're going to, you know, 30 days in a month and you're going to go 30 and 0 and everything's going to be great. And, you know, if you go 24 and 6, you know, you're going to be a playoff team and you're, you're probably head of the division. How do you think about you as a, an expert in team effectiveness? How do you deal with, you know, hey, Matt, we had six failures, you know, this month. You know, how, how do you think about that in a context of these sports analogies? If you're a professional player, you better learn how to lose or else you're never going to really be ready for the next day when you need to win. Pete, as, as a former baseball player, I failed far more than I succeeded. And it's, it's you know, a very humbling game as sports in general are. And I would say in business, you know, what, what's, what's the adage that I, I hear all the time is, you know, once you write your business plan, you know that it's going to be wrong. But the actual process of sitting down and writing the business plan is really important and it helps you kind of pivot and understand what you have and in what direction you can go and all those important elements. And the other adage is sort of, you know, the one constant is change and we constantly need to assess and really evaluate and figure out, you know, where we are and where we need to go. But, you know, earlier or in another topic, we spoke about interviewing for certain characteristics and grit and resiliency and working through challenging issues, you know, is, is one of those questions that we got at by saying, you know, in your last company, was there a situation that didn't go right? And what didn't go right? How did you respond? How did you fix it? Like those types of things. If you have that type of an organization inculcated across the entire set of employees, when you're set and hit with roadblocks, you will be one of those sort of, those puppets or those blow up bell that sort of bounce go down, down and then they bounce back what do they up. Call those? I don't know what they call it, but they, you know, they're weighted like the at the bottom yeah, yeah. and they, they keep coming back. Very and popular. you know, Pete, I, I, the number two forty two is instructive. What's that? Two forty two is the number of venture capital firms who told Howard Schultz no before the 243rd venture capital firm gave him his first investment. He was rejected 242 times and he, after seven, he could have said, you know what? I've been knocked down so many times. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm done here. So I think, you know, and, and he probably, you know, he is and was certainly self-driven. He probably had a team of people around him who really believed in him as well, which speaks to the importance of team. So we, we started at the outset of team effect and this one is defining it because it's one of these nebulous sort of expressions that's used a lot. So we defined it. We went through based upon research, what are the three essentials and three enablers or six conditions that drive team effectiveness? And then, you know, is there any way, you know, a lot of this is subjective and qualitative. Is there any way to really measure this? And there are, there are, there are assessments that are out there that, that can apply numbers and, and literally metrics to everything that we spoke about earlier, where through, let's say 15 minutes of all the team members taking that particular assessment, Either there's a, a green, yellow, or red that pops up for that particular, con that particular element and a metric from one to five, for example. 
And what that does is it's a diagnostic process and it begins a dialogue and a self sort of introspection on the team of say, Hey, you know, okay. It, it says here, based upon that, we don't have the right people on the team. Let's talk about that. Maybe we're missing a diversity, you know, of thought and we need to bring in other people either from the outside or we don't have the right supportive context across the organization. We may have the right people, a real team, a compelling vision, but we're being squashed a little bit. So having a way to measure this is one of the recent innovations that have, that has come out of, um, in the really exciting research world. And, you know, there's, it's one thing you, you can have a Tom Brady, a quarterback, and you can coach the heck out of an individual. But if the body rejects the organ and the team is not accepting of that individual, then nothing great is going to get accomplished. Going back to our original theme is no one individual can accomplish anything really great, both on the field, in the workplace, out there in the world. Uh, it all requires, or fighting fires, it all requires a team. Yep. So to create any scalable business, this is the, the, the core principle of being able to scale anything is to have yeah. a team that works well together and, and can build upon itself. So yeah, thanks, Matt. You're very welcome. Appreciate it. Thanks.